Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight because you're a great, a merciful Father. We are delighted to be part of your work that you're doing in the last days. We know that your grace is made available to willing souls. We are demonstrating the fact that we're willing tonight. And that's why we came into your presence. That's why we're here. The Bible said, God, my sin turned to me those who have made covenant with me by sacrifice. On the basis of your command. On the basis of our love for you. On the basis of the drive of your spirit. We've gathered together tonight. Lord, we are open and expectant to hear from you tonight. Spirit of the living God, we ask that you will speak expressly to us. We release the power of God in our midst tonight. That your word will come with accuracy. Your word will come with understanding. Amen. Your word will come with strength Amen. of accomplishment. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let it be that the struggle that we have been experiencing as believers. Lord, by the dictate of your word. By the revelation of your spirit. You will bring an end to it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, tonight. We give you praise, O oh God. In Jesus' precious name. We have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tonight we're going to take a reading tonight from the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Oh, Ephesians chapter 4. Oh, I'm going to begin to read from verses 17 through 24. Oh. Then I'm going to come back to Romans chapter 12. We'll read only two verses from Romans chapter 4. I mean, Romans chapter uh, 12. But first of all, tonight, I'd like to read from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through to 24. It reads thus These I say, therefore, and testify the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness in their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to walk all uncleanness with greediness. Verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in through righteousness and holiness. Romans chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2 reads, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies or living sacrifice only acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Tonight we're going to be sharing together on what I titled Renewed Mind Believers Haven. Renewed Mind Believers Haven. We all understand that everyone is a secure, safe place or shelter that everyone seeks for as an escape from danger and insecurity in the world.
people have different heavens in life. Some people's heaven is their career. The higher they go in their career, the more confident and self-assertive they become. To some other group, their heaven is their wealth. And there is no doubt about that. That is why there is a common saying that says money matter matters. In other words, there is power in money. As a matter of fact, the scripture says money answers all things. So some people's heaven is in their wealth. And to some other group, their heaven is in their position and their power. There are people today who are position sick. There are those who are power seekers. They find their fulfillment or their fulfillment in life is tied on their tyrannical influence on other, people, on other people's lives. However, in the kingdom of God, the greatest asset of a believer after our initial regeneration is not money. It's not position. It's not power. Our greatest asset in the kingdom after our regeneration is the renewed mind. If we desire to lead a victorious Christian life, if we intend to ascend higher in our walk and in our spiritual relationship with God, if we want to have a joyful ride as believers on the daily basis, the key to attaining all of this is hidden in a renewed mind. There are seven heavens in the world, but in the kingdom, the place of confidence, the place of safety, the place of satisfaction, the place of unlimited joy, the place of unspeakable joy, like the scripture says, is when we begin to understand the counsel of God, when we begin to walk in the renewed mind. We all understand on the basic fact that man is a spirit. Every man born of a woman is a spirit. In other words, there is nobody walking on earth today that is nothing short of a spirit. In other words, the most powerful part of a man is his spirit. Man has a soul and he lives in the body. So what we see seated tonight our bodies but we're essentially spirits so we're spirit being that is why no man can communicate and have access to God from your physical external body the only means of communication with the spirit is through the spirit at salvation when we responded to the call of salvation we came to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior what happened at that moment according to the book of 2nd Timothy chapter 3 was that our spirit became reborn the Bible said we're justified in the spirit our spirit became reborn our spirit became regenerated our spirit became converted our spirit became redeemed from the clutches of the enemy no wonder the scripture declares in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 you who were dead in trespasses and in sins as he quickened so what happened is at salvation our spirit became quickened it was made alive every man's spirit who hasn't known Jesus is dead so if anyone is listening to me and you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your spirit literally is dead. What do I mean by dead? I'm still walking around. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you're dead to God. You're dead to know Him. You're dead to understanding the ways of the Spirit. You're dead to understanding the voice of God. You're dead to being awakened spiritually. That's why the scripture says, Awake, awake thou the sleepest, and Christ shall give thee light. 
Awake! Awake thou that sleepest. And that's why tonight we want to examine what does the scripture mean when it talks about renewed mind. We've read it from two passages of the scriptures tonight and I'm going to examine this one after the other. From the book of Ephesians that we read in chapter 4. I would like us to go straight to that passage of the scripture. There are a few salient issues that were raised. There were issues that are that worth considering, and that's exactly what we're going to do tonight. In verse 17, Paul the Apostle says, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Paul was addressing the church at Ephesus. This were the people of God. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. He wasn't talking to unregenerated souls. He was talking to regenerated men and women. It was a church that had awesome revelation. I just want to appeal to many of us, you can decide in two days to finish the entire book of Ephesians. It's a deep book. It's one of the deepest books of the Bible. In chapter 1, we see how the Bible begins to discuss, you know, our relationship with the Father. How we were predestined before the foundation of the world. In verse 3 of chapter 1, the Bible says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So, it's a book that gives us a value of what happened ever before we were born. That we were predestined by God. That there was an election of grace upon our lives. It's a book that talks about the purpose of God. That talks about the fact that God had proposed ever before we were born. That we were going to be seed after him. So it was a book. It's a loaded book. In chapter 2, in chapter 3, in chapter 4, there were diverse revelations that Paul the Apostle made us to know. In chapter 2, in fact, he mentioned the fact that a man, before he ever became born again, was disobedient to God. But in that same chapter 2, the Bible says, in verse 7, now the Bible says, he has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, giving us a revelation of the new creation reality. That when we became God's children, we, was, we are sitting in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen to that, we may be sitting in these chairs, but we are really sitting in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That we have a place before God. That we have a throne in heaven. We have a place of authority and honor and majesty. It's a place of dignity and integrity. That beyond everything, that's why the Bible says, far above all principalities and powers, we are sitting in the heavenly places. That's why the enemy cannot terrorize us because we have control over the things that goes on in the realm of the spirit. God has given us the ability to have control over the realm of the spirit. We are sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But we sit on earth here. Hallelujah to Jesus. In chapter 3, Paul began to discuss about how we were being strengthened with might in the inner man. The place of our inner man. In chapter 4, we got to discuss about the ministry gifts. How, you know, God gave to some, you know, gave to some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors, some to be teachers and evangelists. Now we saw all of that. So it, it's a church that is full of revelation. But in this passage, Paul began to discuss something that is a long-standing question in the body of Christ. It's a question that each of us need to ask every day. Am I walking in a renewed mind? It's easy to be born again. When we give our lives to Christ, that is not the end of the story. Many believers find it difficult to live victoriously as believers long after they've been born again. And it has nothing to do with the number of years that we have spent. This is a this is a church that was well established. And Paul said, listen, I want you to know, therefore I testify that you should no longer walk. I want everybody to look at the word work. Working is a very serious word. Because working has to do with responsibility. When a child is born, he's carried everywhere. When a child begins to crawl, we watch out for that child. When a child begins to walk, then the child begins to take responsibility. There are certain things that are expected of a child that is beginning to walk. 
You do not expect a child that is beginning to walk to do the same thing with a child that is still an infant who cannot do anything for himself or herself. So when the Bible says walk, it means when we give our lives to Christ, we must understand that it's a place of walking. And that's why the Bible declares in the book of Genesis that Enoch walked with God. And it was not. For God took him. So Enoch, after he knew God, made a decision not to remain in the same position. Because walking means I'm changing position moment by moment depending on my destination. Now many of us know that our destination is to love God. Our destination is to be with Him. Our destination is, is to be loved of Him. And if that's the destination, that has to be a consistent, regulated move in the work that we have with God. And this has to be everyday. Hallelujah to Jesus. Paul said, no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the futility of their mind, I'm reading verse 17 of chapter 4. I love what he said here. He said, not like the rest of the Gentiles walk. He said, that is the way the Gentiles walk. That is the way the church walks. We all have different ways of walking. How does the Gentiles walk? The Gentiles walk, according to Paul, in the futility of their minds. What is futility? Futility means emptiness of their mind. It means in the purposelessness, purposelessness of their mind. This reminds me of Romans chapter 8 verse 20. When the scripture Paul the apostle was teaching about the fact that, you know, the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. In that same passage, Paul said, even the creation has been subject to futility. You know what it means? Even the creation cannot fulfill its maximum potential and purpose. So what is he saying here? That the Gentiles are walking in the futility of their mind. There is a positioning of the mind of a Gentile that disallows them from enjoying the fullness of divine purpose of God. They can be rich, they can be whole, they can have influence, but without Christ, without a regenerated spirit, they are lost as well. After all. Verse 18. Having their understanding darkened. Oh, this is a serious passage. It says, I don't care who they are. They could be professors of class. They could be emeritus. They could be geniuses. The Bible says that their understanding is darkened. That's incredible. What type of understanding is darkened to the life of God? It says, being alienated from the life of God. This is what it means. The true understanding of a man has something to do with the life of God. Why did I say that? Every man came as a breath of God. We all, from the book of Genesis, man, God breathed into man and man became a living soul. Now, the same man that God created can only find his satisfaction when it comes in contact with the life of God. Otherwise, his understanding is thwarted. His understanding is darkened. Let me read further. It says, because of the ignorance that is in them. I love the arrangement of scriptures here. I'm going to take each of these words. It says, because of the ignorance. The word ignorance itself comes from the, word, from the root word darkness. So it says, the reason why they are darkened is because they are walking in darkness. Because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the darkness that is in them. It says, because of the blindness of their heart. This is giving us a clear example of the position of the mind of a man who has not received Jesus as he is our Lord and Savior. It says their mind is darkened. Who been past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to walk on cleanliness with greediness. I love verse 20 because Paul was not talking to, he wasn't talking to the Gentiles, he was talking to believers. He says, don't walk like these people. Don't walk with a darkened mind. Don't walk in ignorance. Don't walk without understanding. 
It says, but you have not so learned Christ. Once from verse, you have not learned Christ in this way. In other words, knowing Christ presents us with light. Knowing Christ presents us with brightened understanding. Because now, after we have received him, we are living in purpose. Because he says they walk in the fertility of their minds. In other words, their values and objectives in life are centered on things that have no eternal value or eternal relevance. Every Gentile, every unbeliever is detached from the life of God. They cannot love God. They do not have the ability to love God. You know why? Because they have no spirit of it. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when you read that from verse 10, the Bible says, who cannot, you know, the Bible may say the spirit of that man. The world cannot know him because he, the world cannot, he, they cannot love him because they do not know him. So it's talking about the place that the Holy Spirit, the role that the Holy Spirit plays after we give our lives to Christ. Verse 21, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, I love verse 22 down. That you put off. Ever say put off. Put off. Now Paul began to discuss something very serious. He says, though we gave our lives to Christ, we became born again. I want you to listen to me. It is the beginning of a long relationship. And this relationship is going to come with responsibility. It says, we need to begin to put off. Hallelujah. We need to begin to do what? This thing is too dark. That's the way our heart is. That's the way our mind is. It says there's something dark about our minds. Take it out. Put it off. Now, the true nature of who we are begins to reflect when we take off the old nature. It says there's an old nature. Your spirit has been delivered, but you have a responsibility in taking off what is on your mind. And let me quickly describe the mind of a man for us. Before we knew the Lord, our minds were darkened. We read it just now. Our minds were subject to futility. Our goal, our objectives, our focus in life were based on things that have nothing to do with the life of God. But immediately we accepted Christ, our minds were still corrupt. Our spirit was regenerated, but something is still wrong with the mind. I can give you examples. After we gave our lives to Christ, the thought pattern of our minds may not have changed. And that's what we're going into tonight. I want us to pay attention because the Lord wants to expose our things so that we get to take responsibility in our lives. Many Christians, against their expectation, go through struggles to keep a clean fellowship with God. Let me begin by saying that the mind of a man is the seat of emotion, thank you, will and desires. I took off the, I took off the, I put off the mind that is not of God. I'm going to explain that. The mind is the seat of emotions, will and desires. Let me quickly tell us how these things reflect in us. Now, we gave our lives to Christ, our spirit was regenerated, but our desires were not regenerated. After we gave our lives to Christ, our thoughts may still be dirty. We may still be consumed in the things of the flesh because of our desires. The flesh have been ruling us before we gave our lives to Christ. So the, 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 the ability of the flesh will still be there, except something happens to the mind. Emotions. I mean, I've noticed that after we even gave our lives to Christ, we still love certain music. Hallelujah. Amen. I went through that. We still love certain music that may not bring glory to God. We give our lives to Christ and our spirit. I love to listen to Bob Marley when I give my, I, before I give my life to Christ. How I give my life to Christ, struggle with that. I love to listen to pop music. Not that anything is wrong with that, but it's wrong for my spirit if it is something that's gonna corrupt my mind. 
How many of us have noticed after we even gave our lives to Christ there are still believers who are depressed? Why? Because it's true that your spirit is born again. Your spirit is regenerated. If we don't subject our mind to the dictates of the word of God, we can be depressed. Because the enemy will play pranks on our minds. Our languages. We became born again, but some believers are still cursing people. Our words have not changed. Our pattern of life have not changed. We, we find so we find it so comfortable when we're in the midst of those ungodly friends. And the Bible says that is the old mind. You have a new nature now, and we need to begin to work on the old mind so that the old man can begin to agree with the new man that's in us. Put out the old nature. Put it off. The third part of the mind is the wheel. Serious. The wheel is one of the strongest parts of the mind of man, which is a soul realm. <laughs> when a man gave his heart to the Lord, he can still make decisions. God has not taken away from you the ability to make decisions. We can make choices. Now, after we gave our lives to Christ, we need to begin to subject our mind to the authority of God's word so that our decision-making process and our choices will be regulated by the authority of God's word and not by our flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. Goals and objectives in lives. That resides in the wheel. And you know one of the most beautiful things I've found is that God has made man to be a free will agent. God will not impose anything on your will. We have the capacity to decide what we want and what we don't want. But good news tonight is this. Because we have a regenerated spirit, it is easier for us to make decisions based on the word of God. If we choose to. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 23. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man. I love this. It says put off. Now put on the new man. Which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the, the new man. Put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Let's see what the scripture says there. Romans 6 4. In the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 4 the scripture declares. It says therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. We also should walk in the newness of life. It says we were raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we should walk. In other words, there's a newness of life. Chapter 7, verse 6. Romans chapter 7, verse 6 reads thus. But now we have been delivered from the law. Having died to what we were heard by. I love this. The Bible said we were dead to what we were heard by. I want everybody to take a look at that scripture. It said we were what? We were, we were dead. Sorry, it says. It says we have been delivered from the law. Having died to what we were heard by. There was something that held us by church. There was something that was holding us before we gave our lives to Christ. The Bible says we have been delivered from it. Amen. We are dying to it. We are not more hurt by that. Amen. How many of us remember before we gave our lives to Christ, you just wake up, many young men wake up in the evening and they said, let me go shower. I want to go out now. There was something telling you what to do. Not regulated by the Holy Spirit. Our choices and decision making process were based on the flesh and gratification of the flesh. What pleases me? What satisfies me? The reason why we have corruption in the world today. The reason why many lives there is perversion in diverse places today is because of self-man. The outward man. Pleasing the flesh. Gratifying the flesh. 
And I don't care what you possess and your, and your position in the society. We have seen the failure today in our days. The men of timber and caliber, they say, of men of worth in society are failed because many of them are walking around having the accolades and the applause of men, but their spirit is corrupt. Their mind is polluted. It says, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the land. No more in the oldness of the land. This reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, two responsibilities I will give our life to Christ. You must put off something and you must put on something. So we must understand that critically tonight. I want to go back to the book of Romans chapter 12. I want us to go with me. I'm going to spend some time in Romans chapter 12 tonight. Romans chapter 12. This reminds me of a story. That, you know, let's like to say a story. Uh, I read it in you know one of these funny story of two animals. I think it was a chicken and um, uh, a pig. They were walking together. They, they were going on a you know they, they were just walking around and then they they saw a particular placard that says we, we need egg and bacon in this place. Uh, we need egg and bacon and uh, the chicken said oh let's walk in and help them. They need help. <laughs> let's walk in and help them. I, I want to bring up something there. Let's walk in and help them. And the, and the pig said, you are out of your mind. You don't know what you're talking about. But I just want us to help them. The chicken said, well, let's go. The pig said, no. You know why I don't want to go in? They're just going to take part of you. But for me, they're going to take everything that I got. <laughs> they just eat your eggs, but they, they take entire me. When we gave our lives to Christ, he took everything that we got. It's not just part of us. God wants to take everything that you got. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2. Amen. Amen. The scripture says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, only acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This scripture is one of the most critical scriptures in the script in the Bible it says present your bodies produce your bodies place yourself upon the altar of, altar of God as leaning sacrifices in other words you're a sacrifice but you're still breathing how many of us have tried to examine the characteristics of a sacrifice? When you bring a sacrifice to the altar, no sacrifice has a right at the altar. You lose a right to everything. We're living in a land of rights. But as a sacrifice, you've got no rights. That's number one. <laughs> number two, as a sacrifice, you have lost control of everything that you got. And Paul said, as believers, we are living sacrifices. We have no life of ours. Everything that we got is ease. We are submitted altogether, totally to Him because we're living sacrifices. That's what He said. It says, verse 2. I'm going to spend some time in verse 2. And do not be conformed. Serious word. So this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul said here, do not be conformed. Do not be conformed. Do not. I love this scripture. It tells me 
that there is something that I can do by the grace and by the strength of God. It says there were two active words here that I want us to pay attention to. Please, church, let's look back to that scripture. The word confirmed and the second word transformed. Two critical words. The word confirmed comes from the, they are from two Greek words and they are verbs. Those two words are action words. It says, do not be confirmed. The word confirmed is from the root word schema. And the word transformed is from the root word mofu or mofi. The word schema comes from the English word schemes, antics, ploys. And the word mofu is the same word where the word metamorphosis came from. So Paul said, do not scheme, but be mofi. What does it mean by this? A scheme emphasizes external source of influence. I'll say it again. The word schema means external source of influence. The word morphe means internal source of influence. How many of us know that humans today are subjects of influence? Paul is saying here, do not allow yourself to be influenced from outside. Hallelujah. But allow yourself to be influenced from inside, from within you. What does he say? It means, I love this statement, because from the two words that I said here, I want to break those words into two. The word conform can actually be broken into two, con and formed. The word transformed can also be broken into trans and formed. Now the word formed itself means something, whatever is formed and we can see is a product. It's like a result of a creation. Let me say it again. The word formed means it's a result of something that has been done. When something is formed, it's the outcome. It's a byproduct of something that has been done. Now, the word come is a critical word. The word come means as it is. The way it is now, that's exactly the way it's going to be. The word trans means when you take a trip, when you take a trip from one place to the other. That's what it means. Now, what else is, how does this play out? This plays out this way, that when a man conforms, though is re redeemed by the power and the spirit of God, he remains the same in his mind. Do we get it? Be not conformed. He remains what? The same as it is. Corrupt, dirty, as it is. Influenced by the outside world, as it is. But what transform means, we are being, the man is taking a trip from where he is now to a place higher than where he used to be. In a cleaner, restricted place. So it means, Paul is saying, do not remain the way you are as believers. Take a trip from outside of that place. Become somebody different. Become, become different in the way you think. Become different in the way you have your, your will moves. Become different in the way you make decisions. Become different in the way your emotion plays out. Become different in your thought. Hallelujah. Amen. This is one of the reasons why believers wake up every day and we're wondering why is it that I don't have victory in my life? The reason is very simple. Until we begin to do what Paul says here, victory will be far-fetched. We will experience the same thing 10 years after we've given our lives to Christ. We'll be experiencing defeat in our lives. Because 
We have not allowed the Holy Spirit through the word that has been given to us by God, the man that has given to us by God, to begin to process our mind and bring our mind out of the corruption into the new life in Christ. Paul is saying, take something up, put on a new nature. Let your inner man be renewed today. Let your inner man receive a new touch of the spirit. Before I continue today, one of the raised questions somebody asked me is, I asked the Lord to change me and transform me, but how long is that going to be? Paul answered the same question. And that's one of the things I want to mention to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul said, I die daily. I die what? Daily. In other words, every day I subject and submit myself to the will of the Spirit. Every day I submit myself to the will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I die daily. So, becoming transformed is not a day's experience. It's a daily, daily experience. Second Corinthians chapter 4, remember Paul said, even our inward man, you know, even our outward man perishes, our inward man is renewed day by day. Renewed man. Renewed mind. Let's take a look at some scriptures tonight. I want to read from these translations that I got here, Romans chapter 12. I want to read a couple of verses here, and I want us to see the dimension that the Lord wants us to see tonight as God's people as we begin to read His Word. In verse 2 of Romans chapter 12, I want to read what J.B. Phillips says. This is what he says in verse 2. It says, don't let the word around you squeeze you into its own mold. I'll read it again. Don't let the word around you squeeze you into its own mold. There is a mold in this world. There is a pattern of life. There is a structure that the world walks in. The Bible says, don't allow the world to squeeze. Everybody say squeeze. How many of us know that every day as believers we fight this battle of the world wanting to squeeze us into their own mold? As believers, they invite us to places we have no business going. As believers, they want us to talk things that are not right and say things that are polluted out of our mouth. That's the world in which we live in. How many of us know as believers, the music that comes into our ears may not be something that we want to hear? The things that we see are not something that we desire to see. Many of our brothers know that sometimes in summer is one of the most difficult times because you see things you don't want to see. The world is trying to squeeze you into its own mode. Now the Bible says, for us not to be overwhelmed and overcome by that, we need to allow ourselves to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So my victory every day as a believer depends on how much I allow the Holy Spirit Walking through his world to begin to process my mind. The question tonight is, what's on our mind? The enemy wants to shoot the arrow of depression into our mind. What's on our mind? Don't allow the world to squeeze you into its own mode. I'm going to finish it. It says, but let God remove your minds from within. I love this. Let God remove your minds from within. Let God do it. This is a source of joy for me tonight that God does not want my mind to remain the way it is. God wants me to live in a renewed mind because that's a safe place for me to be. That's it, my heaven as a believer. That's when I stand before God without condemnation, without guilt. There are believers every day, they cannot pray because they're filled with guilt and condemnation. You know why? As a believer, when we're overwhelmed and overcome by the details of the flesh, by the gratification of the flesh, we have no confidence before God. But God wants us to work before him every day, confident, bold before him. The Bible says, let us, let us obtain grace that we may find mercy. Let us, let us obtain grace. Let us work boldly before the Lord. God wants us to work boldly before him, to receive from him. But that will happen as we begin to place our mind upon the altar of God. That the word of God becomes a processing soap, a processing word, processing our mind, purifying our hearts before God. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, I want to read Amplified Version of the Bible. It says, do not be conformed to this world. This is what the Amplified says. This age, 
fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial custom. There are so many external superficial customs of the world in which we live in. They tell us what we want we should wear. Do we understand that? The world wants to tell us what we should wear as believers. But we as God's people, the Bible says, don't allow this age to remove you. Don't allow this age to determine how you live. Allow the word of God to remove you. Let God remove you from within. In other words, my strength is within me. Why? For Christ in me is the hope of glory. Let's allow the Lord to work in us. God wants to take the evil mind. God wants to take the corrupt mind. God wants to take the wicked mind out of us. He wants to infuse into us the mind of Christ. He wants to infuse into us the mind of God. Paul said, I have no man who have the same mind like mine, like me. Same mind. Mind purified. And purged by the power of God. Purged through the word of God. In Proverbs chapter 4, I'm going to read. This is what the scripture says. Proverbs chapter 4. The Bible says in verse 20, I'm going to read quickly down. My son, give attention to my words. I want to give attention to my word. Incline your ears to my sin. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. For they are an earth to all their flesh. Verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. What does it say? Keep your heart. Another version says, keep your mind with all diligence. Keep your mind with all diligence. We have work to do when it comes to our mind. How many of us believe our minds want to do the things that we don't want to do? That's one of the things Paul discussed in Romans chapter 7. He said, the things I will to do, I do not. The things I do not will to do, I do. Because there's a law in me. It is called the law of sin. It is the nature of the flesh. But God wants us to rise up today. And begin to say, Lord, cleanse my heart. And this is done every day. We present our hearts before the Lord. We wait before Him. Allowing the Word of God to press us. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible is through the washing of the water by the Word. The washing of the water by the Word. There is a washing power that comes through the Word of God. And as believers, I want to appeal to us tonight. Let's begin to pay attention to God's word. I'm going to continue from here by the grace of God. Because we're just laying a foundation tonight. But I believe God that God wants us to walk in victory. Now the victory we're talking about is only, it's not only victory over sin, but also victory over Satan. It's also victory over the world. That we can stand strong before God. Because the enemy will try to oppress our minds as believers. Don't miss next week. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me. Get the behind me. He wasn't talking about behind. And since we're missing that, he wasn't talking about the back. He was talking about the mind. Get out of my mind, Satan. You can't take control of my mind. Jesus man shall not be my brother for every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Get it behind me. Get out of my mind. That's what we're going to be talking about. You know, what it means. The power of God. It works upon the mind of a man. And we have a renewed mind and authority over the works of the enemy. Hallelujah. Let's rest up tonight to pray. Renewed mind. My saved Amen. Can believers walk in victory? Yes. Can believers walk and be pure before God? Yes. We can walk in freedom. We can walk in purity. We can enjoy our spiritual life. We can enjoy our walk with God. We can enjoy our relations with God. We can enjoy our spiritual life. We can rise in the things of the Spirit. But that begins to happen when we begin to pay attention to what happens in our mind. That the enemy cannot play pranks on our minds. There are believers who tell you many times that they want to go commit suicide. That's not the mind of Christ. A believer says, well, it's all over. I'll, I'll do whatever I like. I'll marry whoever I want to marry. That's not the mind of Christ. That's not the mind of God. The mind of Christ is centered on the will of God. The Bible says you may prove what is that good 
acceptable and perfect will of God. A believer says, regardless of the hearts, regardless of how I feel, I want to do the will of God anyway. <laughs> the will of God isn't something easy for the flesh, but it is easy for the spirit man. Can we then say, Lord, walk in my heart today. Let my mind begin to walk in you. Let my mind begin to agree with your word and with your will. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I just commit myself to you tonight. Renewed mind. Renewed mind. Renewed mind. Renewed mind. Renewed mind. So pradoshketeyadava. In the name of Jesus, we receive renewed mind in the name of Jesus. There are a thousand and one thing that the enemy has set in place to create a corruption in our minds. But we refuse to allow that. We receive grace by the power of the Holy Ghost to work in pure minds. Hallelujah to Jesus tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. We're going to pray a prayer with me. We're going to pray this prayer throughout this series. And we're going to be teaching on the mind of, of a believer. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of sound mind. Hallelujah. And of what? And of a sound mind. My mind is sound. I want us to say to us, my mind is sound. My mind is sound. My mind is sound. The enemy cannot throw the dart of fear into my mind. My mind is sound. My mind is of Christ. If I have the mind of Christ, I have the mind of Christ. I don't have a corrupt mind. The enemy cannot pollute my mind. My mind is pure. My mind is regenerate. My mind is renewed. My mind is renewed. My mind is renewed. In the name of Jesus. Father, tonight we want to thank you because you're faithful. We lift up your name because of what you have done for us. You've given us a renewed mind. A mind centered on the word of God. A mind centered on victory. A mind centered on the love of Christ. A mind centered on the love of God. A mind centered on the mercy of God. A mind centered on heaven. The Bible says, set your mind on the things above and not on the things on the earth. We set our minds by the power of the Holy Ghost. On the things that are above, not on the things on earth. Father, tonight, we just pray, oh God, from tonight, that everyone in this place will begin to enjoy a victorious Amen. Christian life. Amen. The enemy has thrown a dart of condemnation and guilt in our hearts. We say things we never wanted to say. We see things we never wanted to see. We have things we never wanted to hear. Oh God, tonight we commit ourselves to you. The Lord has to pay attention to your word. That will begin to grow Amen. in grace. Amen. The world will grow in corruption. We grow in grace. Amen. In the name of Jesus. We grow in the love of God. In the name of Jesus. We grow in the strength of the spirit. In the name of Jesus. We die daily to the flesh. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. We pray. Let us say amen. Let's clap our hands together for the Lord. Bless it for tonight. Let's not miss it again. We're going to be continuing with this series by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.